Hello and welcome to In Word and Deed, a podcast produced by the Center for Applied Ethics and Humanities at Santa Fe College. I'm Ann Tebow, professor of philosophy here at SF, and in a moment you'll hear from some of my students who have participated in Ethics Bowl over the years and a few who are fellows in the Intercollegiate Civil Disagreement Partnership, which is committed to reducing polarization by teaching students to connect across political differences. This desire to connect is increasingly on our minds as we think about being around family over the holidays and the prospect of sitting down to have discussions with people we don't always agree with. Today, Liam and Arelli are talking about the importance of finding common ground in our episode, Breaking Bread. All right. Hey, everyone. I'm Liam Frank. I started at Santa Fe a few, a few years ago, and, and Ethics Bowl is really just an opportunity that started out somewhat spontaneously for me and that I heard about and thought I'd, thought I'd give it a try. And after attending meetings and practices for, for a few weeks or, or a couple of months, I started to really get a feel for that space as, as a forum where I could really share what was on my mind and listen to other people and have, have a real space for, for discussion and finding, finding the, the best aspects of, of all these issues we were discussing. And I ended up competing with the team for the 2019-2020 season, ending at uh, Nationals that year. And since then, I've transferred to UF, where I'm currently in my senior year studying food and resource economics. Thank you, Liam. That's a wonderful, wonderful history to have. Uh, I, my name is Aurelia Villavicencio. I'm also a Santa Fe student. I. Uh, came to Gainesville specifically for, for Santa Fe right out of high school. Um, I was just looking for a place to, to continue my education. Um, and I found a, a nice place surrounded by a bunch of beautiful trees. And I thought, yep, this is it. Um, so I uh, started my time at Santa Fe not particularly involved with uh, the specifics of the school, more so sticking to um, the library. I was an employee there, and I was also uh, the student representative at the advisory committee, keeping student interests in mind and making sure that our our faculty representatives were taking the little guys into account. Um, And eventually, I was was suggested to uh, to join the Ethics Bowl team. And since the fall of 2019, I believe, or the summer, um, I've been involved with a team competing nationally twice. And um, it's been an absolute fantastic time. I've learned so much from the Ethics Bowl. Um, I had a, an untapped, untapped love for, for philosophy and ethics that really came to fruition within the within the ethics bowl and our competitions and prep for competitions um and i'm so excited to see our our center for ethics uh finally take hold on santa fe and and become a great resource for all of our students i know it's going to be a very great institution it already is 
and um yeah so today's topic really is breaking bread we're here to discuss how how different divergent parties can find common ground and engage in civil 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 discourse with each other and that that's one of the questions that we wanted to kind of start out with is how how do we come to that common ground between between different pol- polarized parties and um really what what are what are some of your overarching thoughts on that so yeah absolutely when we're talking about finding common ground we first want to find the common ground for the conversation itself before we can even move into the topic we want to make sure that we agree to some of the same rules um, for example in our first episode we did outline some rules of engagement that might be helpful in, in moving conversation along and making sure that everybody's heard at the end of the day everybody wants to feel respected um, nobody wants to be at, on the butt end of interruptions or uh, anything that makes them feel like they're not being listened to. They want to feel understood and validated. Right. And these, obviously, these these rules, these desires for what we want to, to feel in these conversations, you know, apply to all settings of our lives, really. And and we wanted to start start out a bit by discussing some some of these personal applications. And Aurelia, I think you were, you were telling me about this um, about something that that occurred in your workplace that that related to this now yeah so recently i i've been on the i've been experiencing some workplace conflict and we found that a lot of the reason why we were myself and this other employee were not really seeing eye to eye is that we really felt like we had nothing in common we didn't have too much personal overlap um so that led to us not being on the same page in the way that we performed our daily duties. Um, So this took a little mediation. Someone else had to step in and get us to think about what we have in common in the workplace. Since we're not, you know, personally uh, seeing eye to eye, what can we find that we both want out of our workplace? And ultimately, we both want a happy, peaceful work uh, workplace where we can have smooth work days and we can make sure that the tension between our different personalities doesn't outshine our our mutual desire for a smooth and and well-planned day and we found that that conversation we were both um committed to making sure that we were respectful of one another and not interrupting each other and that really helped solidify our intentions and um so since that conversation i can honestly say i have not had a tense day at work they've all they've all gone by beautifully and if very efficiently. And uh, Liam, I think you also have a, a story to share of some uh, similar point of tension. I did. I, I wanted to bring it a little more towards um, kind of so, some of this application in in the home or, li- or living environments. So I spent a couple of years living abroad out in France. And, and this time, and during this time, I, I always had a roommate that I that I spent a lot of time with working with um, in a very structured manner. And one practice that that uh, I adopted th- th- throughout this time was having regular discussions, more or less every week, kind of about strengths and weaknesses in, in our relationship. Um, we'd give each other compliments, things we thought were going well. We'd talk about you know points, points for poss- possible improvement. And... 
this structure really helped me to to be prepared to bring up diff, more difficult points, um, points of conflict when when they arose. There's there's one there was one time when I um, moved into a new apartment and 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 the guy who who preceded me didn't really do a great job of of of, clean, of cleaning things up and and getting ready for 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 a new resident. And that was something I had to kind of bring up, talk about certain boundaries and expectations with with my new my new housemate. And that that weekly routine of having that kind of conversation really is what prepared me to to bring those things bring those things up. And and of course these these interactions structured and less structured gave us opportunities to to set to set goals, talk to each other rather than let these conflicts kind of bubble underneath the surface and and and, and let it get get until there was some kind of outburst. Yeah. So it, it looks like, you know, this absolutely works. It, it mm-hmm. it's an effective method to keep people in conversation and dialogue and, and keeping one another accountable. Um, so I really like this goal setting idea of these conversations. And it reminds me a lot of when we would um, prep for competition and ethics bowl. A lot of our goals weren't really centered around um, being right or being wrong. They were really pushing one another to build a strong argument with a strong ethical case and strong counter arguments at the end of the day, we walked in, into that ethics bowl meeting room, wherever it may have been, usually our, our college library, uh, right. expecting right our, our differing arguments to uh, be challenged and, um, and be brought to under scrutiny. And we have this common love of ethics and this uh, desire about all of us to think critically about our opinions and really, really kept us all sharp and on top of our opinions, I think. Right. No, and these, you know, differing opinions that we, that we come into these dis- discussions with um, on, you know, this this wide range of issues really ultimately are what helped make our cases stronger in the end. Because each participant in that discussion, each member of the team, brings a brings a difference of perspective, of knowledge, and you know, an you know, area for research tied to that common goal that we were talking about about um, building a strong case and being able to excel in those those competitions. Yeah. So not all of the situations that we might find ourselves in are going to be a competition or or brought under the degree of scrutiny that um, an ethics bull case might require. We oftentimes have daily interactions that don't don't have the the research tab available, right? Um, specifically, I'm thinking about family gatherings. Uh, we're coming up on Thanksgiving and we don't really plan on showing up to our Thanksgiving family tables with this expectation of having our points of view challenged. So recently I I had a conversation with my family and it was a bit difficult. Our summer gatherings are kind of our version of Thanksgivings. It's when everybody can come together and uh, meet around the same table. They're very special to, to everybody in the family. I haven't eaten meat for a number, a couple of years now. Um, and this wasn't really something that I'd explicitly expressed to my family. I. 
I am a Mexican woman and we have a lot of meat in our cuisine. And I knew that I was going to get pushback no matter how gently I introduced it or what ethic I laid out or what health um, information I laid out, I was going to get pushback. And, and I did. Um, it was a lot of uh, back and forth between why I, I made that decision to them explaining to me that it wasn't necessarily healthy in their eyes, a lot of questions about whether I was getting enough nutrients and so on. Um, and of course, this was expected, right? Um, but we all understood that we were there to spend time together. We were there um, to be closer with our families, not necessarily to exploit points of tension and and bring bring that to the center of our conversations. And funnily enough, uh, I had uh, an aunt who had recently taken up uh, vegetarian cuisine as a as a job and she'd really enjoyed it and one day out of the blue she made us some meatless meatballs meatless meatball soup out of ground seeds flax seeds uh, pumpkin seeds you name the seed it was in there and it was absolutely delicious everybody in the house ate it nobody knew the difference and everyone enjoyed it and that was uh, something that we were all able to find common ground over and agree was very nutritious and very delicious and it was just a, a great way to get get together with everybody and really bring peace to our home and it, it was a peaceful rest from from work and from school and those tensions and a very warm and and hearty setting but i'm very lucky that i have such a loving family and not everybody um has that has that uh, in their back pockets so we also have to consider how we handle situations uh, with our families, especially when we walk in and the situations are already charged. Right. So, yeah, thinking about how, how we can move past some of these difficult conversations, finding some of that co common ground that, that I really was talking about. Uh, so when it comes to some of these, these intimate family settings, we think of the holidays, we think of Thanksgiving and one thing that can help with that, and I, I think, is 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 turning to really really turning to what we consider those those settings like Thanksgiving to be about, which is gratitude. You can look at look at the other person who's who is expressing that that divergent point of view, that one that's that's got things a little a little up in arms, a little um, got things a little heated, and. One thing that one thing that might help it there is to is to think of that person and how how that how they or how the, your relationship with them has has contributed good to good to your life and 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 that might not always be easy in in those in, in those situations you might not be ready to turn to gratitude in the midst of that that kind of disagreement and that's why it really helps for that to be a a practice thing, something that becomes natural for you to turn to. And Aurelia, I think you had some thoughts on how how one might do that. So we can turn to uh, famed, famed philosopher Aristotle for this a little. One of uh, his big suggestions was to make virtue a, a habit. 
you practice virtue. It's not something that you're necessarily born with. It's something you achieve. You achieve good character and good virtuous actions through practice. It's this habituation that's going to make you uh, the most noble person you can be. It takes time. It takes practice. Um, I'd also like to add in a... A couple of studies conducted by uh, Berkeley and a couple of other institutions, and eventually, essentially, they came up with something called a gratitude journal. And every day or every few days, whichever, whatever you feel most comfortable with, you take a journal and you write for five to fifteen minutes about your day, about things that you are grateful for that day. And when you make this a habit, you start to look for the good in your day. And I'd actually like to invite Liam to share a little bit about his experience with something similar. Yes, thank you. So one way that I've kind of applied something similar to my life is in in the past year or so, I've tried to strengthen a habit of of daily journaling. And so I, f- I found found a journaling app that I like. It's very customizable. One of the things that I have it set to ask me every night when I'm writing is, you know, what's something that made you smile today? So that so it's it becomes over time that becomes something that's easier for me to reflect on. Whether it's you know a pos- it, c- it could be a positive interaction with a coworker. Maybe they maybe they did some task for me that I was that I was supposed to do, or maybe it's it was just a you know a um, an uplifting conversation with friends. But over time, that's been something that I've that I've practiced. It becomes easier to find those good things. I think about it more often during the day, and and when some of those moment, moments come up, it, my my thought my thoughts turn to it more more, more quickly. I th- I think that's that's something I want to write about in my journal tonight, and that's that's even something I'll I'll even say it. I'll I'll, I'll even talk about that with 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 friends sometimes, and you know, it, and, it te- and it tends to make them smile when I when I say. When I say I want to, I want to remember that. That's and, so sweet. Yeah. Go ahead. Yes, and so moving on. So even if we're practicing this kind of habit, developing the skill of of turning to gratitude more easily, there are still you know a lot of us who are you know more more soft spoken who 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 find it a little more a little more difficult to kind of command this this uh, respect in conversation that they that they're looking for and not everyone at the table may be willing to share that that respect that you're looking for in that case we're looking to you know it's it, it's great to show show that grace where you can and and disengage from the conversation if you have to and more often than not, you may be able to note that other people at, at the table may share may share a level of of, dis, of discomfort or at, at the at the heatedness of the conversation. You may be able to find some some solidarity solidarity with other people at the table. Yeah, of course, self respect is always going to be very important, and we have to remember that if our boundaries are are not being respected, then we absolutely can exit that conversation, and we can always try to find. The nearest baby at the at the family gar- uh, gathering to play peekaboo with and distract ourselves with them. Um, if that common ground is not readily available and you're 
discussing things with parties that are not receptive to to your desire to find common ground again it's it might be best to just remove yourself and and self-preserve and practice the virtue of grace well Lorelli, cool. i know one conversation that's going in my journal tonight <laughs> oh i'm starting my journal too liam you want to be nice to people and you want to look for the for the good in everything and it, it does lead to a happy life agreed <laughs>